Got it. Here we go. The John Curley's Sherry Elliker Show. That's right. It is a unique combination of both news and entertainment. Something we like to call... What, Andrew? Newstainment. Newstainment. Here comes Sherry. Little girl. Sherry, start the music. Dim the lights, start and we're ready to do the show. Sherry likes to put on something sexy, dim all the lights, pour the wine, and start the show. Something I would wear in the city. <laughs> there is Joe's rolling deep cancerous cough. All right. People really seem to enjoy both the cough laugh combination. Joe Mama. Like Joe. Coughtainment. It is coughtainment. <laughs> <laughs> it's comedy and cancer combined right there. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh Sherry, please. Oh. Let me give you a compliment. Oh, thanks. Okay. Because it is National Compliment Day. This is the day you're supposed to give somebody a compliment. For some reason, women have trouble with compliments. And this is sort of a funny thing that you had found, Sherry. This is, although Amy Schumer is an alleged comedian, the other people that are with her in this skit are pretty funny. Why is it that women can't receive compliments? Here's an example. Oh, my God, Brie, you dyed your hair. It looks amazing. Oh, no, you're just being nice. No, seriously, it looks great. No, I tried to look like Kate Hudson, but ended up looking like a golden retriever's dingleberry. <laughs> but you, look at your cute little dress. Little, I'm like a size 100 now. Anyway, I paid like $2 for it. It's probably made out of old Burger King crowns. I look like a locked out of her apartment. Hi. Amy. Oh, hi. hi. I love your hat. Uh, are you drunk? I look like an Armenian man. People are trying to buy carpets from me. Excuse me, when did you start working for NASA? You're weightless. you, I'm a cow. Indian people are trying to worship me. I sleep standing up in a field. What, is that Amanda? Amanda! Hi! I love your jacket. Thank you. And then they all end up offing themselves because she received the compliment. I can't believe it. Did you look it up as to why women can't receive compliments? No, I'd seen that before because I've, I've watched her I know, but did you do any research on this other than just sort of throw us some sort of comedy bit? that? Them... Yeah, I did. So 22. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are, you, are you surprised, disappointed, no, 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 uh, no, encouraging? No, no, no. My compliment to you is you always do the research behind the stories. Oh, okay. Could you just say that? No, you have to. It's always a backhanded compliment. Better than you. no compliment. Okay, all right. So they say that uh, women are have a hard time with compliments. So uh, only 22% accept compliments, like you heard in that little audio thing. Thank you. Most mm-hmm. women don't do that, yeah. um, especially from other women, that is. 61% um, say that compliments embarrass them. Hmm. Uh, 47% say that they are uncomfortable. And 63% will accept, uh, 63% of men will accept compliments. So the difference is, uh, like 40% more men will, will be okay with a compliment than a woman. So it seems like the majority of people are not, uh, comfortable with compliments. Yeah, I, I think that it's, it's, it, it depends on the person. It depends on the compliment. I mean, a compliment, if it sounds sort of, uh, 
trite or doesn't really sound honest, then yeah, it's going to feel weird. But if it's a genuine compliment, um, I think most people will accept that. Yeah, probably. If, if I think if you're complimenting clothes or or physical attributes, then you're more likely to kind of eh, 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 snap. Don't wow. Yeah, self conscious right? about that. Yeah, right. I agree. Right, because it's like to you, you put the hat on. You're thinking, oh, I don't know. I'm taking a risk here, putting a hat on. They and then so then your own sort of you make sort of excuses. Well, I didn't, you know, my hair was messed up, so I put a hat on. Right, and you don't know why they're exactly complimenting you on your clothes, or your hair, or the way you look. But I think actions, people are more likely to receive a compliment if it's a particular action, if somebody's going you know, out of the way for customer service or something. I always oh, yeah. try to compliment somebody. If I notice somebody in a customer service job and they, 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 just, they, they handle the job with grace and dignity and they're thoughtful and kind when they don't necessarily have to be, I think it's really important to give compliments to people that you're interacting with because... Sometimes they just need sort of a boost or a little bit because the next person that comes in could be a total jerk and they need to keep their patience about them. And so often in customer service, you don't see people that are really, you know, considerate to you as you're the customer and they're providing the service. My dad taught me that. And in fact, when he was in the nursing home, when he was dying, sadly, uh, the entire cleaning crew came in to say goodbye to him because they said he always said to us, thank you for doing such a good job. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's important because, you know, some of those jobs are so thankless that they don't get people. People don't recognize it or don't say thank you. I always do that. In fact, I go the extra mile and I say, who can I let know you did such a good job? Oh, and then do they give you the old person above them kind of thing? Well, some do, but some some just say, no, 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 no. That's enough. It's enough that you that you recognize me. Mm. You know, I saw this sort of malicious thing and eh, not too malicious, it's just a marketing technique. Often if you deal with a company and then they want to send you something for feedback, hey, tell us feedback. What'd you think? How'd we do? Like uh, Amazon does that all the time, but they do that for the stuff that's on the internet or other reviews. But often companies will say, like for instance, uh, hospitals will say, hey, did you think you got good service? Please tell us. The reason they do that, it reinforces in your mind that you got good service when you have to write it out and think about it. And it creates a sort of a placeholder in your head that the next time you're going to need a particular service from a particular company, you will be reminded of the fact that you wrote down kind words about that you know, organization and send it to them. So whenever you have anybody, hey, give us some feedback. What'd you think? It's really their way of making sure you call them again the next time. I thought it was for evaluations. Part of it is that, but it is also, it, it does, it does, if, the, if it's really terrible, but then the other thing it does is it, it helps cement in your mind that they're a good place. Often at Home Depot, when they give you the receipt, they'll sit down at the bottom. If you got good service, could you please mention my name and put my number in there and send that? Mm Because it does actually help me when it comes to bonuses and promotions and things like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Then you get in the car and you throw it off the side. (laughs) It's just too too much. I know, because you got to go home and call the number. And then, you know, it's just one more thing to do. But yeah, or some of them are really aggressive. They're like, um, "How did you think I did?" And then they they circle it with a highlighter. Yeah, and they go, "Yes, if you want, to, you can call and let them know that you were pleased with your service." And you got the thing right there, like, "Of course I or will." Or if they tell you to leave a five star review, but only a five star review. If you'd like to leave us a five star review, just do it here. Because oh. anything below five is you might as well be zero. Who said that? 
Everybody like podcasts. Everybody on YouTube. They all, all typically online videos, stuff like that. I heard Jack say to Jack and with Jack and Spike yesterday. They said on the podcast, even if you give them a terrible review, it still moves up their podcast. Ooh, I don't know about that. Jack knows about terrible yeah, podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Right? I have the most dangerous job on God's green earth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about him, but I, I guess I would think that he's probably right that it's just more engagement, right? Is That's that it. what is that what they're doing? Trying to get more yeah. engagement, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna call Rally Tune and Clee Ellum and thank them because they're oh we take the cars in there all the time. I can't figure out how to fix that stupid cars. We got all these busted down cars, drive it in there, throw the keys in the little hole. And then, like, two hours later, they call back. We fixed it. I was like, really? What do I owe you? Eh, nothing. We figured it out. And then, like, two days later, bring down the Xterra. Now they all busted out. And they're like, they throw the keys in there. No ID. They know it's mine. And they fix that thing. And then they bring another little car. They're really like six cars are all busted up for some different reason. They're like, yeah, something's wrong with the thing. But temporarily, we did this and did that. That'll get you another 200 miles. That's good enough. Should we call them? Yeah, sure. Why not? Brandon, big Brandon on the phone. Because he's really nice about it. That's a good service. Oh. I can't imagine that around here. I'm sure this is not going to do well for them. Because then people are like, hey, I want the same deal Curly gets. Yeah, we just fix, You fix a piece of crap and you don't charge them anything. Nothing. Hold on. Let's see. I like doing this. This makes me feel like a real radio person. Watch this. Oh, yeah. You have to say, you're live on the radio right now. Legally, you have to say that, right? That's right. Right? And yes, right, you do right, have yes, to say do. that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> they're probably not going to answer now. That's the kind of customer service you get over there at Rally Tune. Well, they're busy fixing cars and not charging people. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What are they doing? They're working on one of my broken down hoopty mobiles. My whip, as they say. Hello. You have reached Rally Tune. Oh, stinker. Never mind. <laughs> Oh, hey, oh. watch your mouth there, calling him a stinker. <laughs> I would tell you a, a quick dad story. You want to hear a quick dad story? Uh-huh. So somebody wrote today, and they sent me a letter, and they said, you should write all these stories down about your father. A so, really nice letter, by the way. Very nice yeah. from this guy, oh. Michael. So we're out uh, raking leaves one day. My dad's got his raking leaves uh, pants on, uh, the same khakis you would wear all the time. And I... And he looked like a bum, and he had a uh, sweater on that had a hole in it. And he says, "Hey, listen, let, hey, come, let's. I'm going to go down to the. Uh, come with me." So he goes into the house, comes back out, and I don't notice it, but he has placed a tremendous amount of cash. I mean, a huge amount of cash in his right pocket. It's now bulging through these old busted up khakis that he had. We go into this Cadillac dealer, and as we walk in, the guy looks at us and. My father wants to go over and look at a Cadillac Eldorado. This is in the late mid-70s. And the guy keeps trying to bring us over to another car to show us something else. Because he's looking at the clothes that we have on. He assumes we can't afford it. He's not going to waste his time showing us that. We want to go for a test drive in that car. The salesman's not really letting us do that. And he keeps talking about other things and other cars and stuff. So he's judging us by his clothes, by our clothes. My father lets us go on for about a half an hour. My dad was big at IBM, so he likes salesmen. And he likes to critique salesmen. So the guy doesn't let us drive or even look at the most expensive car there. So my father says, where's your manager? And the guy says, oh, he's over here. So then he brings the manager over and he makes the manager come over and stand next to the salesman. 
And he says, how long has this guy been working the floor for you? He said, four years. He's a good salesman. Let me tell you what he's done. He has judged us by our clothes. He has judged me by these pants and this sweater, and he's assuming I can't afford the more expensive car, and he's continually showing me the less expensive car. So here's what I'm going to do. I'd like both of you, if you would do this for me, to stand here at the window, because I'm going to walk across the street to the Lincoln dealer, and I'm going to buy a car. And with that, he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a big wad of hundreds. And he says, so if you stand here at the window, you watch me walk across the street, and I'm going to buy a Lincoln instead of a Cadillac. I wanted a Cadillac, but you judged me. You assumed I couldn't afford it. I'm going over there to buy a car. And he walked over, link, bought the Lincoln, which is incomparable to, comparable to, the, to the Cadillac Eldorado. They were always competing with each other. And he gives the guy the money, cash, pays cash for it. And I looked at my father like he was Superman. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And as we made the right-hand turn onto Lancaster Avenue, he stopped beeped and waved to the two guys that were standing in the window looking. And that's the first time I ever saw anybody flip anybody off. I never, I, I didn't know what it was. But Wait, did I, your dad flip them off? Or they no, no, they flipped him off. Okay. Oh, that's mean. Um. But, that, he, but he was trying to teach the guy a lesson. Like, yeah. don't do that. I'm helping you. Don't do that. I'm going to give you a comp. The, the, it's, not, it's, it's constructive criticism. Don't judge people by the clothes that they're wearing. Do you think that he? Do you think that that day when he woke up and went out to rake the leaves, he had planned to buy a car, or it just occurred to him, "Hey, I look sloppy. Let me see what I can." No, get no, no, this. no. I think no. I think he wanted. He was going to buy a car anyway. He was going to buy a car, but I think he wanted. He was always teaching. It was like we, my all my friends called him the professor. Like he would ask a question, and I'm like, "Oh God, oh my God, don't answer it, guys." And then they go, "I don't know, Mister Curly." Well, let me explain it to you. Okay, so a bus driver, and then you go on. A bus driver might like to drive a bus. He might not like to fill it with gas, right? <laughs> a waiter might like to deliver the food, but might not like to deal with the chef, all right? The pilot might like, I'm like, Dad, we got it. We got it. We got it. Keep going. and Stop. Get, get, get to it. But he would go, they would call him the professor. So I think he went in there when he realized he was going to buy a car that day. He thought, I'll dress like this. We'll go in there and we'll see how it goes. An example and a, and, a, and a lesson for my son. Don't judge people by the clothes that they're wearing because you never, never know whether they've got money or not. Wait, what was the lesson in the bus driver that didn't like putting gas? Oh, in it was bus? some silly thing about you, people might like doing this, but might not like it. But he would always go, the, the examples would okay. go on and on and on and on and on and on. And I actually have a, a, I don't know where Andrew probably could find it somewhere in there. An example of my father doing that. We had a, a, a tape of him Ooh. constantly talking about that stuff. But it is, so it's compliment day. And the idea of handing one off to somebody, giving somebody, it really does brighten the day. And you do remember those. So, Sherry, let me give you one. Okay. The lighting on your face makes you look very, very, um, like you don't have any, like you don't have any blood in your body. And I think that, so congratulations. Well, thank you, John. I, I appreciate that. That's, that's very nice. Would you like a compliment back? If you feel the need. Um, okay. I would say that um, you are one of the funniest people I've ever worked with, and I appreciate that every day. Wow. Now don't you feel bad? I really do. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay. I'll go put on some more blush. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Hotsy totsy. Okay. I feel really dumb now. Yeah. You got to come up with a good one. I do. I got, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Aaron. New listeners to the show. Let me bring you up to speed with the fact that Sherry loves, loves true crime stories. Just can't get enough of them. One of those people who spends weekends just watching Dateline has a secret crush on Keith Morris and, and would leave her husband if, he, if she could get away with it for Keith Morris. And because he handles all the stories that Sherry loves. And now, Sherry, there's more. The plot thickens with the frozen Kansas City Chief fans. People don't know about this. Guy has a party. Three of his friends go outside, and they um, are drinking, we assume. The guy is inside. The three guys die outside in his backyard. They can't find him. They're knocking at the door. He doesn't answer the door. Then finally, like a day later or something, he comes to the door and says, oh, I didn't realize it. And they said, well, where are, the, where are your three buddies? And he says, oh, I don't know. And they look out there, and the three of them are dead. So then we found out from um, a listener whose brother is the cremator. He, the son. The son of the cremator. Yeah. So anyway, um, the, the plot is thickening on this thing. So the Kansas City Chiefs, the fourth friend claims they were alive watching Jeopardy when they left. So they watch the Kansas City Chief games, then they watch Jeopardy game, but then somehow these three guys end up outside. Sherry, with your love of these true crime stories, what have you found? It's actually a fifth friend Ooh. that has come forward. Oh. So it's it's that there were five of them in, in the house. The four of them watched the game, and then this is according to the guy that that's still alive. Mm. Uh, they watched the game, then they watched Jeopardy. He left. He got there about seven. He left at midnight, um, and he hasn't really commented on what he thinks might be the the reason. But everybody was alive and well when he when he left. Now the parents um, are very upset about this, and they believe that they were dragged outside, drugged, and dragged outside. The guy whose house they were in first of all, moved out of that house within a week. So that's suspicious. Mm. And he was a scientist. He was an AIDS researcher. So there was no, there's no known motive here. Why he, he was friends with these guys since high school. He had no reason or animosity as far as anybody knew against them. Um, but they're, you know, they're saying the same thing that I did. It, it, it can't possibly be that three guys, all three of them got so drunk that they just passed out in the snow. Now, she said that there might be drugs involved, but it just doesn't add up because her son really wasn't like that. And she knows that if he was that cold, they would have broken a window and gotten inside the house. And they are waiting for the um, for the toxicology report to come back, but that'll take six weeks. And the authorities are saying it is not a homicide investigation. They are not they don't regard this as 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 foul play. Um, you watch enough of these uh, true crime stories, so you put on your detective hat, which, by the way, you look wonderful in. Oh, how's the blood look? Is it back in my face? <laughs> Not, yet. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. But that, that, that's what you're hearing. So you've got your Columbo wrinkled um, overcoat you're, uh, on, like your rain jacket kind of thing, and then you've got your, your detective hat. So... You ready? 
I'm ready. What do you think happened there at that faithful evening after watching the Kansas City Chief game and then the Jeopardy show and then the murders or the deaths occurring? What do you think happened? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's possible that they just overdosed on some kind of drug and, and all went outside. But it, it just it, if it were just one person, it would be one thing. But to have three of them. First of all, he would have had to have drugged them all at the same time because mm. chances are one of them would have resisted or done something if they saw what was happening to the other ones. So it, it's a, a timing thing. And the only reasonable explanation would be is if they all took something and then went outside and passed out and froze to death. But other than that, I mean, there's no there's this guy doesn't have any background that's suspicious they said they never worried about him he was their friend for a long time there's just nothing pointing to him except his uh, suspicious behavior in that he didn't come to the door he answered things on facebook people saying that they were worried about them and he didn't get involved until Mm. he was forced to did you really say he he moved out of the house already yep a week later so was it so was it murder I don't know. I mean, it's it's uh, possible, but I, I, it, it's it's just this is going to be a little bit like the Idaho situation, even though it wasn't a bloody massacre. Um, this one's going to be a little bit hard to to figure out. I think they can't really do anything until they get the toxicology report back. Okay, all right, but will this be one that you're following? I mean. Eh. Yeah. Not, doesn't interest you that I much. I mean, no, it's fine. It's okay. You're waiting for Keith Morrison to show up. Yeah, I, anything he's doing, I'm interested in. But this stuff, uh, there's not, I don't know, it's three guys watching a football game. They're dead. I, it's, not, it's not the story that I would necessarily follow. Mm. Wow. They're watching a football game. Was there a legal procedure that caused the three to go outside? You'll have to find it. Right. It's, uh, anything is po- anything. Nothing would surprise me with this one. Nothing. S- speaking of being frozen and dying, Sherry, uh, cryogenics frozen continues to gain popularity despite the sketchy science behind it. So people freezing their bodies or freezing their heads. Uh, is it true? I think it's it is true that Walt, Whit- uh, Walt Whitman, um, Walt Disney's head is frozen somewhere, I think. So the idea is that cut off the person's head, freeze it. And then when whatever was wrong with them, or I I don't know, maybe find a body, connect the body to the head or something like that to bring the person back. But people are still doing it, I guess, right before they die or I guess right after death. You go into a deep freeze and then the idea is that they're going to defrost you when they find a cure for whatever would killed you. Well, it's not just their heads. I mean, that's part of you can just freeze your head if you want to. That's the cheaper Um, option. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want the full body, it's $28,000. And the guy that runs the place, his point is, if you are burned or, you know, cremated or buried, there's no chance of you coming back. And the way that technology is moving forward with AI and all these other things, it's it's a possibility. Uh, There's a woman in there right now uh, for 40 years 
So what he calls it, he says it's like an ambulance ride to a future hospital uh, that may exist someday. See, I would think, like, let's say the person passes away and everybody goes through the normal stages of grief, right? You know, acceptance and anger and all that other stuff, right? And then you're like, well, you know, Gloria or Susie was nice. It's too bad she's gone. And then all of a sudden, like 10 years later, hey, guys, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's constantly going, what's this with the phone? Like, you have to constantly bring her up to speed on a whole bunch of stuff. It's like, like getting no. out of prison. After yeah. Like, like, no, just just order it on your phone. <laughs> what? What? Huh. I've been frozen. Right. And every conversation is about her being frozen. And then she's always talking about coming back and like they saved her and stuff. I would think at that point people are like, eh. I think if if they can do this, it, there would be a, a a line around town to get in to do it. If somebody thought this was really possible, I mean, if it really happened, I think people would sign. I'd sign up for it. You would? Sure. Why not? So Ted Williams, I think, is the most famous the the famous baseball player. He he has his head stored at a place called Alcor that is in in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. And there was a book that came out ten or twelve years ago, kind of like an expose on Alcor, because one of the employees that worked there leaked a bunch of photos, and they had his head. So he it's just his head. Yeah. And and at the with ba- a baseball cap on. I don't know about the cap, but they had it. There's a tuna can that's like on the bottom where his neck is. So yeah. they basically had his head mounted on so a tuna can. So he's got something can. to eat, yeah. Yeah, and every once in a while, the, pe- the people that worked there would take him out and just look at it and sure. apparently like get dirt on him. They left him in unsanitary conditions. So they're just out there playing around with Ted Williams' head. Is that yeah, part of the was- deal that they <laughs> offer that? <laughs> I don't no, think they- the, and there was a 60 Minutes thing on this, and... The freezers broke, and it was yeah. them carrying bodies like, uh, like by hand through I don't know what to get them to a new refrigerator thing. So yeah, I don't. I, it's uh, a good business if you can get into it. I think it, once you're gone, you're gone. If people once they go through the whole thing, they don't want you back again. And then the fact that you're in some freezer somewhere, and there's always a thing that the person could come back. You know what I mean? Move on. Don't defrost the person. It's like leftovers. Most of the time, <laughs> you've saved the stuff. Oh, we'll eat that later. And you stick it in the freezer, and then it's in the freezer. And every time you open the freezer, you feel guilty that you haven't eaten, you know, whatever it is that you made, a bunch of, you know, I don't know, stuff. You know, beef stew or something <laughs> like that. And you're like, yeah. And eventually, you have to throw it out. And then you feel guilty. You're just prolonging the, the feeling of loss by having the, the leftovers in the freezer. Yeah, and not only that, but who's going to take care of you? You have no friends left. I mean, this is going to take 150 years to become something, if it is anything. What are you going to do? Right. You don't have any skills. You can't fly a car. No. Ted Williams is on somebody else's body. Yeah. 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 All right. But so uh, let's just go around. Sherry, you still want to get frozen? Just need to know. Uh, Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, because there might be a company out there that you could be the spokesperson for. Oh, sure. Andrew, Frozen? Nah, I don't okay. think so. No. Joe? No way. Really? Even no. with that cough of yours? Even with the cough. Okay, no let's get... All right, fine. <laughs> Joe Nick- Mama. Here we are with the John Carroll Sherry Ellicott Show. Makosuka Casino Resort. Text line one 76 Hall. Welcome, teeny tiny lady right over there. She's going to choose that letter of the day. Sure, that's what she does. Does better than just about anybody else around here. She reads all the letters, 
collates them, staples them, hands them to uh, There's no big deal. I know, Teeny. Just reading what you told me to write. I mean, just reading what you're up. Uh, and she hands them to Joe, and then Joe reads them on, uh, to us. And then uh, we thank Teeny Tiny for her outstanding service to the John Curley Sherry Ellicker Show. Is that right, Teeny? Did I get it all? Teeny? Right. All right. Uh, we did this story the other day about the a rat fell off of a building and landed in wet cement and then, I assume, died. Yes, did die. And it left an impression in the cement, the shape of the rat as it hit the ground. And um, then now it has become a huge tourist attraction and people go to the, it's known as the rat hole. And why not, you know, get married there? We are gathered here today to marry man and man in front of the honorable Chicago rat hole. And they kiss the grooms. Uh-oh, here's an update. People think it might not have been a rat that fell off of the roof or wherever it fell from from the height in order to have it squish onto the ground into the wet concrete. Sherry, people now think it's a squirrel. Well, they're going to have to change the name because they decided on Splat Tattooey as the name of the, uh, of the rat itself. So I don't know how they're going to work on that. It's a rat hole. You can't change it at this point. Yeah, because squirrel hole doesn't seem yeah. as good as rat hole, right? It seemed big for a rat, though, but in Chicago. If you were in possible. Chicago, would you go to the rat hole? If no. You had... Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Why so angry? I'm not, I just, a rat, I would never go to a rat, like, to honor a rat. It's not <laughs> honoring. It's just, you're, you're walking down the street, somebody's, I'm late to, okay, ready? The two of us are walking down the street. We're in Chicago. I don't know why. And I said, Sherry, you know what? One block over is the rat hole. You want to keep going this direction back to the hotel or do you want to go by the rat hole? And you'd be like. Oh, am I? I thought you were going to answer for me. (laughs) No, Um, you would say. (laughs) I would say if it's a block away. Okay, but if it's any more there than that, I, 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 it's not a destination, okay? I mean, it, it, Chicago is one of my favorite cities in, in the whole country. I wouldn't waste time looking at an imprint of a rat. I, I know, but if we were close <laughs> to it, you would make the little bit of an effort. Okay. If I had and to I, pick you up and carry you there. Okay. It, it's also really sad because that rat must have suffered quite a bit. Huh? <laughs> uh, uh, huh? Well, yeah, he fell off. You know, he died. He slammed, slammed into the pavement. I know, but so like the last thing he, last thing went through his head was was probably his chin. I mean, what did he care? It must have been instant. I mean, it's instant, Sherry. It's it's, it's, you know, it was an instant death. Okay, fine. It's fine, fine. He he suffered nothing. I still won't go. Okay, I don't care. You know what? It's it's a rat. You walk walk back to the hotel on your own then. Good luck. Fine. All right. right. Have a great time with the rat. Go have a good good time. Don't freeze to death. Stinker. (laughs) Never going to Chicago with Sherry again. Me neither. (laughs) Okay. Darn, I don't get to go with you guys somewhere? Oh, man, am I heartbroken. God, we had to get, I am just devastated. If we had to go somewhere, we need Nate to tell us how many cars are driving around out there.